Welcome to the Relentless Forward Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Jungling. And if this is your first time joining us, I want to thank you. Um, please subscribe to the podcast. You can be notified when new episodes come available. Um, so today, uh, we're coming at you live from GI Associates in Floyd, Mississippi. And today, our topic is a serious one. Um, for good or bad, it's one I probably know a little too much about. And our topic today is cancer, specifically colorectal cancer or colon cancer. Um, colon cancer is the second leading cause of cancer deaths in the United States, but as you're going to find out, it doesn't have to be. So in a minute, we'll discuss that more, but first I want to introduce my guests. Um, first, we have Mr. Todd Warren, and Todd is the CEO of GI Associates, where we are sitting right now. Hi, Todd. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having us. And also joining us is Dr. Jay Underwood, gastroenterologist, also of GI Associates. So thanks for joining us. Absolutely. So if you are listening but you aren't familiar with GI Associates, it is headquartered uh, in Flowood, Mississippi. Um, GI Associates is one of the largest gastroenterology practices in the southeast with over 375 employees. But, and I know this firsthand, um, but they aren't just a large, nameless, faceless place where cold medical procedures take place. Um, and again, I know that because I'm, for good or bad, a pretty regular patient here. So instead, GI Associates is an organization that genuinely cares about their patients, their staff, and they focus a lot not just on medical procedures, but how they can do their part in battling really not just cancer, but other GI uh, maladies that afflict so many people. And so that is why I'm here today. So again, thanks guys for being here. Um, again, our topic today is colon cancer and what can be done to battle it. But we aren't just going to discuss discuss it, we're going to tell you a way in which you can help us fight. So a little background on me first, if you don't know, I'm a colon cancer survivor. I was diagnosed in 2012, actually here at GI Associates. Um, I celebrated my five-year cancerversary last September, and shortly after that, I think I came back to get another colonoscopy, so that was, uh, that was, that was fun. But so my interest in this topic is very personal, but that's enough about me, so let's, uh, let's get to our guests. So uh, Todd, what, what is the, can you give some background on GI Associates and, you know, what you guys do? And yeah. GI Associates was formed back in 1981 by three docs, uh, Dr. Jim uh, Sones, Dr. Jim Johnson, and Dr. Billy Long. And the group began to grow, and in 2016, we moved into the new building on Lakeland, where <clears throat> we house um, 31 docs and 375 employees. Our uh, our patient pool is statewide and um, we, we have offices in Flowood, Madison and Vicksburg which is in the central part of the state. We just we're trying to push out the message of um, colon cancer awareness and how important it is. I saw a patient yesterday from Louisiana. Did you really? Mm -hmm. We actually pulled from Louisiana, Arkansas, <coughs> Alabama and Tennessee. Um, so it's not just a little old office in Flowood, Mississippi. That's great. So you mentioned that you, uh, you know, you, you give back to the cancer community, and you probably come across that a lot. So, Dr. Underwood, my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that colon cancer is the second leading cause of cancer-related deaths in the United States. Um, why is colon cancer so dangerous? Well, it, I mean, like most cancers, if 
you know, by definition, a cancer is a um, a group of cells that are have lost their built-in uh, self-regulation, and and what and basically, but that's what cancer is. So we have all of our cells sort of have a built-in time clock or lifespan, and. <clears throat> They grow, they die, you know, skin skin cells are constantly coming and going, and, and really all cells are. With a cancer, that, that programmed self-regulation is lost, and it therefore is able to, to grow beyond its intended bounds, and uh, the human body is not, or any body is not prepared uh, to, to deal with that. So, so the key with so many um, tumors, cancers, is is uh, early detection or prevention. Now, you you certainly can cure cancer, uh, and and GIS. I mean, uh, colon cancer is um, colorectal cancer is one that, if caught early enough, can be cured. Um, but it's always preferable. I mean, the old ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure is, is particularly true with colorectal cancer because not just because it, it's 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 more uh, or it's preferable more preferable to prevent colon cancer or catch it early than other cancers. That's always the case, but because our means to do so are much more effective than with many cancers. I mean, we you, we talk about prevention. The reality is so much of what we do in medical care is unfortunately reactive. It's, it's diagnosing and treating, which of course is important. Uh, but you know, we, 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 should, we would ideally, and, and, and I'm sure you would agree with this, be able to turn the time clock back and say, hey, what could we have done at point A instead of point C to uh, prevent this? Uh, and um, so there, you talk about breast cancer with women in mammograms, you talk about uh, pap smears for cervical cancer, and you talk about colorectal cancer for men and women. And beyond that, you, you, know, you prostate cancer, there's some tests there, but, but really there's very little we can do to, to prevent and catch cancer early. So I was, <clears throat> it's interesting you say that because it was actually kind of my next question, but I was, after I had my colon cancer at a relatively young age, I was tested, had genetic testing done, and they, I was told I had Lynch syndrome, which I think can, it's a genetic mutation maybe that can predispose people to certain types of cancers. So we changed our, my screening protocol to include some upper and lower endoscopy procedures. But my understanding was, especially with the upper endoscopy, it's, you know, whether it's really, you know, how effective it is can vary a little bit, is that accurate? I mean, is it, you know, in other words also, it, colon cancer screening is pretty pretty effective. Early screening or mm -hmm. screening for colon cancer is relatively effective, isn't mm -hmm. that right? Effective. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and needless to say, no test is perfect. <clears throat> um, but colon cancer is, or, or colonoscopy, which is the primary means, there are others, but colonoscopy is clearly the primary uh, most effective means of preventing colon cancer and of catching colon cancer early. Uh, absolutely. And, and you raise a good point too that without getting too far off on that um, or going too far down that road about the importance of uh, certain genetic syndromes and you know we are 
just not only here at GI Associates, but in medical care in general, just sort of exploring the frontier of genetic testing uh, and what place that has. And in your case, identifying something like Lynch syndrome uh, is very important, not just for you, but for your kids and your relatives, your brothers, your sisters. You know, the, all of, because that changes the screening protocol dramatically. You're identified with Lynch syndrome, we're going to start checking your kids, not at age 50, but in their 20s. Yep. Because the risk is ratcheted up so significantly, and as you said, not just necessarily for colorectal cancer, but for other uh, uh, ailments as well. So that's interesting. I have a uh, something to mention about that very thing with Lynch syndrome later we'll talk about. But um, So... You know, like we talked about screening and catching it early. So my cancer was caught pretty early, so I was one of the lucky ones. Now, the way I found it was not through, not because I had an early screening because my family um, had it. It was really because I'm a runner and I had all these weird symptoms and it was affecting my running in a negative manner and I couldn't run like I used to. And my wife at one point finally just sat me down and she made a list of all the things I'd been complaining about. On an individual basis, they all just look like nagging little things, but when you lump them all together, clearly something was wrong. So I went into my doctor, we tried to identify a few things, and eventually she sent me for a scan, and then I ended up here, and uh, then I ended up in surgery. But mine was caught pretty early, but all those little symptoms were really hard to identify. Um, I had exercise-induced asthma, but only occasionally. I had a little bit of backache. It wasn't only, it was only until I had abdominal pain that we really started thinking something, my doctor started thinking something along the lines of cancer. So what symptoms do most people display when they have colon cancer? <clears throat> well, the answer to that question is, is none. That's what I was afraid of. Yeah. I was afraid you were going to say that. I mean, and, and that's the reason why screening is important. If we, could, if we could adequately take care of colon cancer by waiting for symptoms, we wouldn't be talking about age 50, age 40, whatever. I mean, so most colon cancers when they are diagnosed are in individuals well let me rephrase most colon cancers when they are caught early are in individuals that have no symptoms whatsoever the person that comes in with significant anemia or with bleeding um, uh, you know th that may be further along <clears throat> but again the idea is to catch it early really th the deal is this anything that gets a person in for a colonoscopy has the potential to save their life. So it might be seeing a little bit of blood, it might be an odd feeling when you run, it might be a, my words not yours, nagging wife, right? right. I mean anything that gets that person in to have that colonoscopy can be life-saving. So you know, I, I, case in point, recently I had a, a gentleman who saw me in Madison who was 40 years old and really unusual on multiple fronts. He had had a heart attack, you know, had a strong family history, he had chest pain, he had a heart attack, he went in, he had the usual uh, uh, treatment for his heart that included blood thinners, and he started passing some blood. Well, so the, the chain of events occurs, he winds up in my office for a colonoscopy, and he had a colon cancer. He's 40 years old. I, I only half-jokingly told him, I said, hey, this is the heart attack that saved your life, potentially, because had you not had that, you would not have been put on blood thinners. That thing would not have probably bled, certainly not the degree that it did. And it, 
you know, who knows how much longer it would have gone because, you know, 50-year screening was 10 years away. Right. So anything that gets you, and that's not to suggest that, that you know, you should demand with no symptoms to come at 40 years old. I, I'm not suggesting that. But the decisions that we make to screen, you know, screening is the key. Screening, being proactive is the key. And, you know, you, you just have to be aware in so much of what we do, and that's why this race is important, that's why this discussion is important, because it's education. Uh, we, we, you know, I, I say it time and time again, we, we at GI Associates, when we have marketing meetings and, and uh, you know, we, we are not, and Todd knows this full well, we don't feel like we are necessarily competing with, uh, you know, unlike like McDonald's is competing with Wendy's. We're not competing with University Medical Center or with the gastroenterologist across town. We are all educating. You know, our billboard is not most effectively come to GI Associates. It's get screened, sure, and and, and that's that takes care of itself. So, how many what of people that are eligible for screening? What percentage do you think? I don't. This could go for both of you. What percentage actually get screened? According to the latest numbers, we've seen only fifty-seven percent of eligible Mississippians have gotten screened. And that's just not enough. And so, what is generally, I think, um, you know, what's the biggest factor that is it? Is it awareness? People don't want to have a colonoscopy, or they're just like, what? What do you think the biggest factor is that people don't want to do that? Yes, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> All and I know. I, so yeah. I know, as you know, I my I have my two sisters with a bunch of kids. I have all kinds of nieces and nephews, and they always joke that I didn't like talking about dirty diapers. So of course. Like that, that was a taboo subject. So I get colon cancer. And so I already had a stigma with anything colon, colorectal, it was just awkward to talk about. And the idea of a colonoscopy sounded just probably like the worst thing you could ever have. Um, but it's not. And yeah. I'm not just saying that, it's really not. And it's so important, but I think there's a stigma, one, about colon, a cancer in general, two, about colon or colorectal cancer, and then three, about the, the way you find it, the screening. But it's not really that bad. No, and of course, I mean, we get it. You know, we yeah. it's not party conversation. No. It's not, it, well, it is. I mean, it can be. <laughs> for me, maybe. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, there, you're right. Absolutely. There, there's, there are multiple reasons why it's not top on your list. I mean, who uh, a very close relative of mine, who, who I won't divulge exactly who it is, but she gave birth to me, was, uh, uh, you know, before she, I could ever talk her into getting a screening colonoscopy, her response was, well, I don't want to know if I have colon cancer. Which, which of course, is the ostrich in the sand sort of, a, a ostrich head in the sand sort of approach. Uh, because the idea is, is prevention, right? And, and, and so part of it is that understandable, I mean, all joking aside, part of it is that understandable fear of the unknown and fear of, of, of what might lie ahead. A big part of it is the prep, is the clean out that, that people either have done or have heard horror stories about. Um, that has improved dramatically. Um, people uh, fear, you know, just the, the, imagine what a colonoscopy entails, maybe don't know, and, and, and 
and the sedation has improved dramatically I mean to where truly it's it's there's there's really something unusual and wrong if you feel anything you know during your procedure and uh, so we, we are doing everything we can to eliminate every hurdle between a person eligible for screening and that screening colonoscopy but I, I think a point that that bears or that's important to make you know Todd said whatever 50 some odd percent of eligible Mississippians have been screened that is considerably below the national average mm -hmm. so for most of the things I just mentioned are true wherever you are you know fear of the prep fear of the unknown all that that's those are universal human types of, uh, of emotions and, and concerns what's different about Mississippi you know, I mean, that, that's the question. Why are we, are we lagging? I mean, I, we've talked about the, what do they call it, 80 by 18, mm -hmm. the, the, the national um, uh, push for colorectal cancer screening is to have 80% of, of uh, the U.S.'s eligible population screened by 2018. And this is something that started up a couple of years back, I think. Well, in, in Mississippi, we quickly, appropriately, unfortunately, uh, uh, sort of adjusted our expectations to 70 by 20 and um, because we have so much farther to go than most of the of, of the country and I think that is more education socioeconomic uh, you know uh, some of the issues that that uh, we deal with here in Mississippi across the board I think. I mean, that that's me talking. That makes sense. And I think, like I talked about, for, some, for, for me being outside, I had never really known anybody really affected by cancer that much, nobody really close to me, certainly not colon cancer in that case. And then I'm just old enough to remember when I was young that cancer had a stigma to it, just cancer, you didn't want to, like, there was only, and I think this was before my lifetime, but there was even long ago, they, they thought you could think cancer was almost contagious. Like, if you get cancer, I might get cancer. Um, and I think part of it is just destigmatizing. I don't know if that's a word, but getting rid of the stigma around all of it is so important. And that's that's one of the reasons I like to do this kind of stuff. And it's, it's one of the reasons I really like some of your... GI associates approach to some use just throwing in a little irreverent humor with you know we when you were building your new building out here in the road there were some signs with some irreverent jokes and it's just it I think that helps a lot to open the discussion and destigmatize um, everything so that's that's really great so I know um, another factor that people that often hinder people from getting it is cost or insurance coverage and I know that can often be a factor in whether people get screened or not so I know you do have a program that you've utilized in the past where you can help people, um, you know, underprivileged, I guess, people or people that don't have cost or uh, that the cost is too much or insurance is not available. So what's that program, Todd? Yeah, about five years ago, we started a program called Give Back. <clears throat> and it was basically a community outreach initiative that we developed to um, reach out to all the docs in the area to look for patients who they know that are uninsured and have never been screened and um, they would send them to us we set aside a Saturday where the staff and the physicians volunteer their time um, and 
we bring these patients in and we we do up to 50 um, colonoscopies on these these folks and um, it's just one of our outreach uh, projects that we've done and it's it's uh, probably the most rewarding day that uh, anybody participates in the whole the whole year and uh, we're looking forward to our next one in a in about a month and um, we're with staff are excited docs are excited and I think the recipients are are uh, blessed and excited as well that's a way you can I mean, you can directly save lives by doing that that's a pretty awesome awesome thing I really yeah. like that so um, yeah so there's a we talked about the stigma around colon cancer and colonoscopies I can tell you from first-hand experience that having colon cancer is worse than getting a colonoscopy <laughs> in case anybody out there is wondering yes the prep for the procedure is not the most fun but even in the five years I've been doing them it's gotten well one you get used to it it's really not that bad and actually I always tell people this I don't know why, but the, if if I go through the prep and then I have the colonoscopy, usually the next two days I feel really good. Mm-hmm. So you know, people are always trying to do cleanses. So maybe this is a way they can actually say after I get done with the procedure, I'll feel better. So you know, we have a non-oral prep now here. Well, what is that non-oral? What yeah. are the other options? I yeah, don't know yeah, I'm... it's all from below. You show up an hour early, and and we have a little center down there, sort of like a spa-like area. And it's basically like enemas or colonics. Oh, sure. You drink yeah. nothing. And so, again, really? anything that gets mm-hmm. that person, you know, because we have this population of people that say, I'm not having a colonoscopy because I've heard, because mama couldn't drink the gallon. Right. Or whatever. Well, A, you know, most of the preps now are no longer a gallon, although that option is still there. B, you don't have to drink anything. I mean, they, now, you know, there there are issues. There are certain patients that may or may not be candidates and all that. But you know, any we, we're we're trying to get past any possible barrier between that person and that colonoscopy because that's ultimately how we're going to get get rid of colon cancer. It's it's, it's preventable. Yeah, it and, is. Th- and this Hygia <laughs> Care, it's called Hygia Care. It's we're one of seven sites in the U.S. that are doing it right now. So it's pretty new, and uh, it's. It, it's just breaking down the barriers. Sure. I really like that a lot. Even in my short time having colonoscopies, I've tried, I've had to do the gallon one, and then last time I had to do the just two drinks, which seemed easier, but actually I was hungrier throughout today, so I actually like the gallon. It gives me something to do all day, because <laughs> yeah. all I can think about is food otherwise. So, so this is all leading to all our conversations are leading towards awareness and destigmatizing um, screenings and getting people to understand how important it is. And the big way we're doing this um, is that we, and I say we as I'm representing Stinky Feet Athletics, we've partnered with uh, GI Associates, and they've put in a ton of time and effort to put on an event. It is the inaugural Butts and Guts 5K race and walk, and that's Butts and Guts that goes back to some of that irreverent humor that I think is kind of, you know, within the, I guess within the GI community, that's kind of how you refer to what you do. So we... I like that because it's pretty accurate. So, but it is a funny name, but it's a serious purpose. The event is going to be an awesome, inspiring event, and it's going to raise money to support the 70 by 2020 initiative, is what is which is what Dr. Underwood mentioned before, which is the initiative in Mississippi to get 70% of those eligible to be screened screened by 2020. Did I say mm-hmm. that right? That's right. Which is a really great goal. In fact, I. Maybe my sister will listen to this. She's two and a half years older than me, 
and I had colon cancer at 38. I had we have Lynch syndrome, and she's a nurse practitioner, and she still hasn't gotten a colonoscopy. She's just being stubborn, so I'm trying to get her. She's in Florida though, so we'll have to spread this a little mm -hmm. bit. But um, so I think the cool thing about this is, um, well, one thing I was going to mention before, there's an organization in um, Ohio that I've worked with for some fundraising, and they it's a three-day annual bike ride. It's called Pelotonia, and they. For nine years, in nine years, they've raised over $150 million. Um, a lot of it goes towards grants um, and research at the James Cancer Center at Ohio State University. But one thing they did interesting that I, I thought was amazing was they put a bunch of money, I want to say it was 25 or $30 million, and they said basically in the whole state of Ohio, anyone who is diagnosed with colon cancer, they would pay for genetic testing for that person. Then if those people tested you know, or have the mutation, correct me if I'm saying any of this wrong, but they, you know, of Lynch syndrome, then Pelotonia, the money would pay for their offspring, which you mentioned before, to get tested, and then they could begin early screening. And I think what I heard was that about 8% of colon cancers, at least in that area, maybe nationwide, are in people who have Lynch syndrome. So effectively, if everybody participated in this, you could effectively reduce colon cancer diagnosis or catch it early in at least 8% of cases. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of something like that? Or is that well, I haven't heard about that program specifically, but, but uh, again, I, you know, I mean, there are, <clears throat> which we are dealing with, the, the genetic testing in an overarching yeah. sense is, is, is sort of in its infancy, in, in globally speaking, and um, there are a lot of implications of genetic testing, especially when you start talking about mass screening, because it's tricky. Sure, there are ethical issues, and yep. but but certainly on a one-on-one -on -one basis, when I'm sitting in front of someone who's asking me about that, again, I, I, I'm I'm redundant, but you know, anything that gets a screening eligible, and when I say eligible, we're not talking about insurance eligible. We're we're talking about medical risk eligible, meaning anyone who is in that a screening um, category and, and for an average risk person with no family history no symptoms that's typically 45 to 50 years old depending on who you listen to uh, but for that Lynch syndrome patient it may be 20 years old so anything that gets that person screened is potentially life-saving so I, I mean I absolutely 100% applaud uh, you know what you're what you're talking about there is a program that's not only breaking down barriers in terms of things like genetic testing, but the financial aspect of it. That's a big one. Yeah, and 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 uh, we mentioned a lot of the barriers earlier earlier, and and uh, but again, it, we're not talking about a condition that is is um, is dreadful that we don't understand at least in terms of how to prevent it we we can prevent this oh yeah and it, again nothing's 100 percent, but we can prevent the vast majority of colon cancer just by simply doing colonoscopies and and but we've got to close that gap sure and i like that's what i like about this event um you know it's it's going to be a 5k race walk we've got we got some sponsors on board we're going to have plastic or rubber <laughs> butts that people can put on themselves when they run and it's all to you know raise awareness for that because I think what's what's really interesting for me is you know when people talk about a cure for cancer I remember there was an old Sean Connery movie where he was flying around in the trees and remember that and he 
he said he found the cure for the plague of the 20th century. He found a cure for cancer, yeah. and, and then he lost it. He couldn't find that tree again. It got it was like deforestation. It was a whole thing. Oh, yeah. But I always wondered about that. And then I've, as after I got cancer, I realized curing cancer is more... Well, there's so many... Cancer is such a catch-all word, like you mentioned early on, but it's more just slowly reducing. It's, it's increasing screen colon cancer specifically. The way to cure it, seemingly... Catch it early. early. Catch it early enough. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. And so you can actually, by early detection, improving diet and exercise, you know, advances in medical care, we can actually cure cancer. You're curing it by, and, and so essentially you can cure it by coming to this race is what I'm saying in the end. So mm-hmm. um, so this race is going to take place on March 31st. It's 4 p.m. at Liberty Park here in Flowood, Mississippi. If you aren't local, the funds from your registration will still have a major impact, um, or you can make a donation. Um, you don't actually have to come to the race. Um, and the other cool thing is we want to celebrate survivorship. Um, people that have battled cancer are pretty special, especially to me. I'm a little biased because I am one of them. Um, but you probably know a cancer survivor. And if you do, our event is not just going to raise awareness, but it's going to celebrate survivorship. So we'll have a separate finish line for cancer survivors. We'll have a special shirt that tells everyone they're a survivor and there'll be a survivor VIP tent where you can get a chair massage, meet, celebrate, and we can, you know, get to know each other. Um, so if you want to get registered, visit www.buttsandguts.com. That's butt with two T's and guts with one T. Buttsandguts.com. I'll add the link in the show notes below so you can click and you can go right to the registration page. Um, guys, do you have anything to add before we sign off? Now, just that that bias you talked about about cancer survivors is important because those people, you, have such an important message to tell about prevention, about screening, and about, hey, you know, I'm still here. Right. Uh, and, and so uh, thank you and all of the uh, survivors out there that are helping us fight the fight. Yeah. That's great. All right. Thanks, guys, for your time. Before we want to go, I'm going to give another big thanks to GI Associates for everything they do. With us at Stinky Feet Athletics, it's really an honor to be involved with everything you do. We, we really appreciate that. It allows us to also do some good in the community and for being a great place that helped save my own life. So thank you for that. Um, I also want to thank one other sponsor, which are Ultra Brand Shoes. If you haven't tried them, you're definitely missing out. They'll change the way you feel about your feet. And I'm going to mention our Relentless Forward Progress training program. Um, health and fitness is important to, um, you know, it can help prevent getting cancer if you're healthier and more fit, and it can also help you survive treatments um, in the event that you do get diagnosed with the cancer. So we have created a, a one-of-a-kind run-centered lifestyle fitness program that offers customized running and endurance sports coaching, group accountability, comes with a ton of cool stuff. And if it's stuff no other gym can offer, and it can help you stay fit and uh, happy. So visit www.stinkyfeettraining.com to learn more. And thank you for listening. we got to run. <laughs>